Hello and welcome back to March Joe by Rugby, where we chat about everything rugby. We are back here with another episode, two days after our previous one. Pretty quick turnaround. We thought quick you guys out. deserved deserved another another one within the week because we've been uh, so bad with it recently. But um, yeah, nonetheless, straight into it. We are doing our review of the very exciting quarterfinal round of matches that happened in the Champions Cup this weekend. So without further ado... Let's start off with the big one, the one that shocked the world of rugby. Well, maybe no, maybe not me and Maxim, but the one that shocked Mal. Uh, Leinster versus Saracen. Now, Leinster were at home for this one, and they lost their 25-0 and record of, of an unbeaten season by losing 25-17 to a very, very good Saracen side. Now, the match went down like this uh saracens went 22 three up and then leinster came back but it just wasn't quite enough because leinster are rubbish <laughs> what was the final score then 25 17. let's start with you actually Matt. let's start with you and then max and i can just tear into you no, <laughs> no. Yes. go on go on mal you you, oh, right. you uh All right, yeah, what, uh, what did you make of the game all right, uh, yeah, I was pretty pissed off, not glad. I was really pissed off during the game. I don't know if you can tell by the chat. I was actually really pissed off. I really thought Leinster were going to destroy, but yeah, it really did not turn up at all. And um, yeah. Why did you think they line. lost? Because you. Why? No, I'll tell you exactly why they lost. Because Saracens got stupidly jammy with the wind in the first half, got such a good lead. They just got momentum in the first half. Mate, honestly, that is actually it, though. Because the second half, Saracens weren't really in it that much. Well, you could say, to... I'm sorry, no, you could say exactly the same thing with both teams. Leinster just didn't capitalise on the win in the second half. Yeah, yeah maybe, but I don't know. I think, I Leinster think score, it's... Leinster scored tries, more tries in the second, in, in the second half, um, whereas Saracens... But that's because yeah, that, they had to, right? Because they were like 20 points down. So, obviously, they, they were going for tries. Like, they had kickable penalties with the win. Obviously, they weren't going to go for them. So, they went for corners. So, I think it's understandable that they go for tries. Like, I think the main reason why they lost was because, firstly, they went down early by like, what was it, nine points, which I think one of the commentators said is like a big amount in any game. It's essentially an international game, right? And like, if, you, if your team went down nine points, you're always chasing the game. It's like how England, if England go up early, they tend to win the game. And Saris essentially play like England. And the second thing is that Saris scrum just absolutely dominated Leinster's. Yeah, that was something, the whole game, to be fair, which Vincent Cox absolutely wrecked. Yeah, this is, unreal. this is a point that I would make actually about the game. The fact that, Matt, well, Matt, you made the point to me on the, on the chat the other day. We were talking about how Tad Furlong was a big loss for Leinster. And yeah. the fact they didn't, the fact they didn't have him, probably affected their scrum big time. But at the same time, when you have like Andrew Porter and Kean Healy, as, who are still international class props, you can't really complain, can you? When you when yeah, you're losing, had a shocker. when you're losing Owen Farrell the fly half, and you're expecting Alex Good to come in and play ten, who isn't ten isn't even his natural position. Like yeah, he's played there before, but he's not Farrell, is he? And he's still ran the show like he missed a couple of kicks as well so if I'm if I'm perfectly honest Leinster got away with it a little bit the scoreline being that close I mean eight points the difference but it could have been it could have been a, a 
10, like, like nearly 20-point game in the end. Mm. Like, mm. Saris could have put another um, another <laughs> 10 points on them at least. Yeah. I think, nah, I, mean, I, just, I, I don't know. I think the I think... main thing was that they also the, so it was basically, obviously, they're going to they're starting Richard Wigglesworth, which some people didn't think they would. And they basically airily abused um, James Lowe, which was like, I, I, now obviously, tactic, that was obviously a tactical thing for them because the win was also fucked. So in the first, in the first half, part of the hardest balls, obviously, James Lowe is going to struggle. Like, he's not that good in the air anyway. And like, he's got Alex Lewington, who's pretty sick in the air, literally disrupting it every time. And then like, one of them will knock it on or something. And the series will just jam out a scrum and win a penalty. But basically, what yeah. happened? Um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that Saris actually defensively were immense in, in that second half. I mean, they yeah, they conceded two tries, but against any other team, if Leinster had played like they did, it would have been so many more without the defensive, so many more tries without the defensive effort of Michael Rhodes and Maratoje. Now, Michael Rhodes got star of the match, uh, which is those who are interested star of the match i've had seen a lot of complaints about this on facebook <laughs> saying that it's a snowflake generation and stuff i think it's actually a promo from from heineken because their logo is obviously the star so if you're worried about snowflakes don't worry <laughs> 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 it's fine but um no i think uh maritoje was a little bit robbed of that star of the match award because he did play outstanding well it seemed like he had he was integral in everything good that saris did and he played the full 80. Like, he was actually world-class. And you could hear Ugo Monier afterwards on BT Sport in the punditry afterwards. He was just saying, like, you can't, you literally can't. He's unplayable when he's playing like that. Like, line-outs, he's an absolute menace. He's shouting and screaming. Scrums, he, he adds power and support. <laughs> Scrums, he adds power and support to the props. Like, in, in, in the loose, he, he can carry. I mean, he's not the strongest carry in the game, but I wouldn't not give him the ball, you know what I mean? Like, Mm. Now, I said in the previous pod that Billy Vunipola would be a real weapon. Uh, and if he played well, then Leinster could struggle. But it turns out that Billy Vunipola didn't even really need to play outrageously well. I mean, he still had a good game, obviously, because Saris won. Mm. But I just think Maratoje was the pinnacle of everything Saris were about. Yeah. I mean, in terms of carries, like the reliance on Billy Vunipola was clear to see. So he has he had three times as many carries as anyone else in the Saris pack. Which is which is insane. But yeah. yeah, no, I think defensively, obviously. Mar- I don't think he had that big of an impact, though. No, I think Marrow had a far superior. He didn't have to make that many meters, but like you're not gonna make that many meters against um, like a Leinster defense. What was more interesting was how few meters any Leinster, Leinster made because of the dominant tackles. The I'll tell you one- why I I think that Leinster lost. I give because I think there's three reasons. One is. <laughs> No, it's going to be fair. No, one, Mackie I just think, rolled his eyes. <laughs> one is the scrum. If they had, they absolutely fucked the scrum up. They did that. They made, yeah, big problem over there. Um, it pretty much, that look just lost them stupid amount of penalties, which obviously helped with Sarri putting points on the board and just gaining territory stuff. Second, um, what was it? Yeah, I think the wind, I reckon if it had been the wind the other way, no, mate. I, I, you are so. The, they can get over the game line. They'll get absolutely mate, no, no, mate. You're not letting me give, say my point. I reckon if it had been the other way around, Leinster would have had a much, much better start. So no, because no, Saris had such good momentum, mate. They had such good momentum in the first half, and that's how they piled on the points because 
they literally they put, had momentum from the very start of the game all the way through because they had and the wind helped so much, mate. Okay, okay. So, okay, so you so got the scrum, the wind, rugby, mate. Huh? That's why there's two halves of rugby, so you have equal conditions. No, mate, you're not getting my point. The moment they had the momentum at the start, and I'm saying they that they didn't if... though. They didn't in the second half. No, the at the start. Switched. The momentum literally. No, Leinster scored no, yeah, two but... tries, and then Sarri's kept them out by absolutely dominating them. No, but what I'm saying is, what's called? If it had been the other way, where Leinster had had the wind on their side, I, I reckon they would have put the points start. on Sarri's. Yeah, and it, they would have had momentum, which carried and get put them on the up, and so they wouldn't have been chasing. But Saris didn't go up because of the. I don't think. I don't think you can say Saris went up because of the win, which is what you're saying, which isn't. No, true. I'm not. No, I'm not first saying that. I'm penalty, just saying that. If you look at the first three penalties they had, they weren't really directly related to like win fuck ups. Really, the first one was in like the first two. No, but I'm. What I'm saying is that I reckon the wind helped them get points, which helped them give momentum, which helped them put even more points on. You get me. Yeah, all right. This is this is boring now, guys, because because we you guys could literally argue about this all day. So, Matt, what was your third point? What was the third reason why? And then the actual third point was Sarri's defense was that they just got turned. They're like literally any like that. Obviously, Sarri's were ridiculously good at turning over the ball, which obviously, yeah. if if you if you're getting turned over when you're like so close to the try line every single time and. They, they they didn't go obviously didn't go for the points because they needed the tries, which I think I think they all went all my points interrelate because if they didn't need the points because they didn't have because Sarah didn't have the momentum then they would be kicking for the points and they would probably be chasing they would probably would maybe been a bit closer wow. yeah well it swings and roundabouts really that's isn't what, it that's what Leicester yeah. do though like they like they very rarely like kick they'll always try and play like if they're on the halfway line they'll try and play like we we'll, when we were watching the Pro 14 final. Like they'd play from halfway and make it into twenty-two and get points every time, but like the, between the tens, Saris were just so dominant in the tackle. Like the only per, the only person that made any meters of note was James Ryan. Like literally the rest of yeah. the yeah. How many did he make? Twenty. He made twenty-five meters off eighteen carries. That's, that's not yeah. And look at look at okay. So Itoje, I'm pretty sure made like. Not not as many carries, but made about ten meters or something, and yeah, made like yeah. the same the same average same average meters per carry. So you think like, you know, so I I had a comment on a Facebook, I saw a comment on a Facebook page that James Ryan completely overshadowed and outplayed Itoje, and I was like, what? I think look they're just the, different. Looking, they're completely different. They're completely different players. Yeah, but also looking at them statistically for that game, even looking at them statistically, Itoje wasn't outplayed or out like overshadowed by anyone really like yeah no Atoje was definitely the, the better player in the game I don't know who's saying that James yeah. was better I mean he had 19 I mean for me it's the turnovers I remember there was that one the one really pivotal moment where, Len- where Lencel were attacking and Maro got that turnover on the ground got the penalty which was like that was a swinging moment for me um, but c- can we talk a bit about the backs like why the hell did the entire island back Backline is not turn up. Do you think it was as a result of the no four platform, or do you just no, because because play? I think Sarri's defense is just immense, immense defense. Like they <laughs> they li- they literally <laughs> they literally can't get through because Sarri's only put someone into the rock when they knew they could win the ball, which is why they won turnovers and didn't concede as many penalties. Mm-hmm. So they it's just intelligent defending, and then when you spread. 
So you, you try and slow down the ball as much as possible, whether that's rolling away at the last second, which Saris do quite well as well. They kind of disrupt, disrupt the ball, but very cheekily, so the ref doesn't really give a, like, so give a penalty either way. And then also, because you, you look at the Saris back line, you've got like Brad Barrett, who's one of the best defensive 12s in England, like or in the world maybe, because he's just he's just so good in defence. He's almost like having another another flank almost. He's that size and that build, and he just makes hits and stuff. Yeah. So you've got that to begin with, organising your back's defence. You've got Maitland and Lewington on the wings, who aren't even that bad at, at defending. Who played fullback for Saracens? Elliot Daly. Yeah, and you got hit, and you got him, who actually had a really good game. I saw him make a few tackles because usually I don't rate his defence that much, but. Mm. At the same time, like he had a really decent game, kicked a couple of goals as well. So when you got that as well, like that's another thing. When you have the wind and you kick those long range penalties, he 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 had a chance from like sixty three meters that he <laughs> took. It dropped well short, but to even like think that he probably does have that distance in him, like those two penalties are actually the difference, basically. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think also, yeah. you know, who also impressed me was well. Firstly, I'd say like Brad Barrett is. Sarri's rely on him so much. He's leaving at the end of the season, which is a massive shame. But um, like in defence for sure, I know I, I flagged up before the match. Like he's actually unreal. Also, who I thought impressed, especially defensively, was actually um, Duncan Taylor. Because I feel like when you're playing yes. Leinster or Ireland, like they play loads of those out the back balls to like ring rows, um, and yeah, like they'll hit like James. Why oh, do you not like Ringrose then? Well, because he just yeah. doesn't pass it. He thinks he's a he boss man. He's really dominated by. He Duncan. did get dominated by Duncan by Duncan yeah, Taylor. Yeah, in this one game. Yeah, in this one game. Yeah, but I'm just saying, it's, it's think, like think, the biggest match of the season so far. It is the biggest match of the season so yeah, far. Yeah, the biggest and, match to see. And, and Leinster, turned Leinster's, up on the day. Leinster's players were rested as well. You had Sexton rested. You had um, Luke McGrath. Mate, yeah, rested. it doesn't matter. The the rest. So was Sarri. So was Sarri's. I think, I think, I think, because well. I feel like what the other thing you've got to remember, okay, is although the Pro 14, we all know it's shy and it is basically a walk in for, for Leinster, Saris have not had any, they haven't had to think about another competition because they know that there's nothing in them in the Prem. So if you actually look at Saris' lineups, they've been like the young players who were on the bench and came up for like two seconds. So I do feel like Saris, I, I don't know, this is obviously massive speculation, but I feel like mentally, it is, that was like Saris would have been they would have been yeah. building for that game for yeah, yeah. for time 100% but also, that's... sorry Mal you go well, well I was just going to say I think massively go, going off Mackie's point I think Saris definitely definitely turned up in the, the day like that's the best I've seen them play in a long time not that Leinster played Leinster didn't play like awfully but they didn't play good like but Sarri's just played ridiculously well. Like one, and I think again, like I think they probably to do with like the top fourteen. They probably got their heads a bit. They thought they were gonna walk it, maybe walk it a bit. And I think Sarri, I think it was just the fact Sarri's turned up on the day because I don't think, yeah, like I know you say. I think I think the way, especially Mackie, maybe because you're a Sarri's fan, you're still talking as if that's how they play every week. But I think they just played ridiculously well yesterday. Yeah, yeah big players, of, big players turned up. Yeah, that reminds yeah. me of how we like. When I, because obviously I watch all the Saris knockout games, and that's that's how I have always seen Saris play in the knockout games. Obviously, where we've won tournaments, which is why I wasn't expecting that kind of performance. Which is like, if you listen to the pod, like I really wasn't expecting that, given the number, the players that have gone. But like, clearly mm. something was still there that like, I actually think Saris might win it now. 
Like, I gen, I genuinely think they've got like a really, really good chance. Um, if they perform like that, like I don't see anyone beating them. Like, it reminded me of well, it. Rem- it actually reminded me of the type of performance when England beat the All Blacks because it was like mm. it was so funny. Well, it was, well yeah. you know, Mal, you yeah, said it before. So Timestamp 50, 50 minutes forty six seconds into the last episode. I don't see how Leicester can lose this match. So you know, I think that kind of sums it up. One last point I would make, and this is complete speculation before we move on to the, the next match, of course, because um, we're doing all four in this episode, obviously. Uh, one final point I would make is that possibly because of the Pro 14 and because of the lockdown break, and because we know that Leinster are by far the best team in the Pro 14, as they've shown, maybe Leinster were lulled into a false sense of security that they were a little bit too invincible, like maybe the All Blacks have been in recent years, like in some recent yeah. years. And, and you know, the, sometimes the All Blacks just get shocked and stunned like they did at the World Cup against England. They maybe thought they were like invincible or whatever. So it's, 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 it's just... At the end, they were, they were like, oh yeah, they've forgotten how to lose. So they just like thought they were just going to win. Yeah, it's an interesting point. But um, let's move on, I think. There's so many talking points in that game and we could go on for... Many an hour probably talking about it. We already have really this such weekend. a good game honestly. since since yeah. since since the full time whistle. It has been non stop chat. But um, yeah, moving on to the second match. Did you guys watch this one? It was Clermont versus Racing. I caught part. Yeah, I, I watched. I watched part of it. It was I all watched right. all of it. Yeah, it was a very very thrilling game. Well, basically, Racing went out. In, yeah, I thought it was good. Racing went out in front, and it was almost like. What Racing are going to win this? They're going to breeze it. Finn Ross had a really good game. Also, like a couple of a couple of their other like backs and stuff played really well. But yeah, then um, then Claremont kind of got a couple of tries back in the second half, and I was like, oh, this this could actually be a bit bit more close than I than I originally thought. But it Racing almost held on towards the end, and there were a few yellow cards and stuff which made it a bit a bit more interesting but at the same time I thought don't take anything away from Claremont in that game because we highlighted him before the match Damien Perneau he seriously did perform well and he proved that like I said before he is one of the best wingers in world rugby and he he played seriously seriously well set up one of like go and watch the highlights because there are some absolutely fantastic tries in that game as well but yeah I think basically the prediction that Maxin specifically laid out Wow. The last episode kind of came came true. So, <laughs> no, no so what change. was the final no score for that game? Thirty six twenty seven. Yeah. To Racing. Okay. I saw um. So Camille Shack got man of the match. Yeah. He he had a really really strong game. He uh was <laughs> bounced people left. Literally uh, his first carry of the game on yeah. Li- yeah. His, neck his, his, his first his first carry of the game. I'm pretty sure he boshed someone and then ran like ten meters afterwards, and everyone was like. Because like, they, they have crowds oh. at the French games. No they have way. crowds at the French games, which is sick. So you get a bit of atmosphere as well. And it's like, yeah, it was, a bit, it was almost a bit weird seeing crowds back. But yeah, no, obviously not, not the most exciting game for us, French rugby. But um, <laughs> a good game nonetheless. Lots of French flair involved and uh, lots of nice long distance tries. So well, how was yeah. um, Matsushima? Matsushima, well, okay. Yeah, he, he he looked okay on the ball, but every time he got the ball, he, he kind of thought he could beat the man. 
and cut inside every time when maybe the right option would have been to pass it wide or step outside maybe. But he cut inside every time. And the one time when they were near the try line that he did it, he actually scored. So <laughs> I was kind of like, so you do it 10 times and it comes off once and you score. I remember at one point he he also did it though in in their own like near their twenty two and he they got turned over and lost the penalty when there yeah. was like men out wide like the commentators were like this is literally the worst thing you could do in that position yeah probably wow. but no it was also quite yeah. quite fun I got to refine my French French vocab and this is the French the French the French referee yeah. well well it's quite funny when 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 they you know when they crouch behind and set for the scrum yeah. instead of saying that they do French and they go like blah 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 shoo <laughs> and, they, and they said they go like shoo so that I, I found it quite funny but yeah no it was uh Hilarious. it was quite amusing so uh I think yeah hopefully That's funny. Mate, uh, hopefully Parra, we'll see a lot more French. Morgan Parry had a lot of uh, a lot of carries how many did he have? What zero. do you mean? Zero carries. Well, he's zero a scrum user. half. And he's yeah, he's a scrum 40. half. What do you mean? He's, he, he's like 32. He's literally 32, I think, they said in commentary. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, I'll tell you who did who did score a good good try. Francois Tranduc. Mm. Yeah. So and he's 31. Trandouche. He's good. Good player. I've met him. Yeah, Tranduc. Met him. Yeah, I met him in the Alps. No one cares. Toulon do like their... their if anyone wants to uh, go and stalk Toulon and Montpellier... They do their um, training camps at uh, in what's the Alps. It, in team team Lilac <laughs> in the summer in the Alps. Yeah, awesome. So where is it? All right, well, I'll make sure I'm there. T i g n e s Tignes. Oh, Tignes. Yeah, yeah. Famous. You can you can literally just walk up and watch them train and like meet them all afterwards, which is pretty sick. We literally had like we had like there's these natural ice bars, quite cool, like in the side of the mountain. And we went and had like I had like a ice bath with Rene Ranger. Naked. What? Totally <laughs> naked, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with Rene Ranger, no, that is sick. Yeah, that is sick. So sick. I bet he thought, who's this Welsh tweet? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you at this point? <laughs> Twelve. Uh, I was uh fourteen. Awesome. Yeah, no. I just wanted to say about Matsushima. I remember and we're gonna do an episode on fantasy. But I remember in like the Six Nations fan, oh, not Six Nations, in the World Cup World fantasy Cup. I did, like um, he absolutely tore it up. I remember having him in my team and everyone was like, no, he's not going to do that well. Scores hat tricks, tear it up. Obviously, Mackie Lambert wins the fantasy. So hats off to Matt Sushima. Yeah, me versus me. <laughs> I won my own league. <laughs> I won the league. I won the league, which I set up for myself. Yeah. One out of one. <laughs> cool. All my friends. Right. Moving on swiftly then to yeah. the next game, which happened just today, actually, at the time of recording. Um, <laughs> we had oh, Toulouse no. versus Ulster. Now, I said before, Ulster had nothing. And what did they prove? They had absolutely nothing, nothing. Yeah. absolutely nothing final score 36 8 to Toulouse and Cheslin Colby how many tries no he was may showed up Stock, Stockdale is awful he's not getting the line squad I'll be pissed off if he gets in the line squad so uh, Mac, did you watch the highlights for the yeah, Cheslin Colby's try I watched him get stepped, stepped twice just yeah, awful it was, a, it was a... so bad he was so bad Made me relive that Owen Farrell moment in the World Cup final. Oh. Yeah, literally was like that. Oh. <laughs> who, who do you think is even going to be able to tackle 
Colby one on one like that. Mate, in Rob, the, Rob, uh, Rob Little, mate. That's what I was saying. No, <laughs> well, he obviously no, didn't. In the, in the what's it's called in the uh, in the Lion Squad. Who's There's only one person that will be able to tackle him. We all know who it is. Rory McConaughey. <laughs> Step up, Rory McConaughey. No, actually, genuinely, though. Yeah, actually, Rory McConaughey probably could. He's probably the best defensive winger in Europe. No, I think, I think, <laughs> I, I, in, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, Johnny, Johnny May could. Anthony Watson couldn't, maybe, probably not as strong enough defensively. Jack Noel probably could. Ollie Thorley yeah, probably could. Yeah, might have to be Noel in there. <laughs> Shut up. But Shut yeah. Up. Uh, a good game, a good game in um, in Toulouse. Can we can we, mean, Ulster, many, can we appreciate how many meters Antoine Dupont got? How many? How many? Five carries. Guess how many meters he got? Hundred. Hundred. Hundred and twenty-three. <laughs> Mate, Javier, I think he, he scored. A, scored. A, he must have scored run a the try. Pitch. He must have like run the pitch. Surely not. I don't know. I think he did. I, I think he, had he scored one a try. try. He scored a try. He scored a try around the corner. Yeah. What do we think about this in terms of Toulouse? Like, because obviously we know Ulster is shit. I mean, they're the second best side in the Pro 14, apparently. How? Because the Pro 14 is awful. But how do you think that's actually reflective of like how sick Toulouse are, or just Ulster's so average? I think I think Ulster tried to play rugby. From what I saw, Ulster tried to play a lot of rugby and tried to spread it wide like they were doing a lot of out the back moves and like not doing badly to be fair making some meters in in midfield but then uh, Toulouse would just turn over the ball they they try and chuck one too many offloads Alsterwood and then the one time they did came up, come off John Cooney scored in the corner who was our one to watch for Ulster so good shout him Maliki but um yeah, I, I just think maybe they tried to... I think that's that's the problem with some teams. They try and play a bit too much rugby and they don't look to exit or kick a lot. And I think it, the same happened in the Pro 14 final, maybe, with mm-hmm. Ulster. Um, because Billy Burns started chucking in set passes and stuff in that match. But Billy Burns also I, I just got think, injured quite early, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. But uh, like, I just think... I just think... Toulouse, being a French side, they had the calibre and the talent in their back line to be able to, ch- and also in their back row as well, because Jerome Kano had an absolutely massive game. Um, like they could just offload and against a broken defence, which Ulster's was apparently 99% of the time, they just kind of ran, ran riot, honestly. Mate, Toulouse are OP. I actually, I don't know who's even going to win between them and Exeter. Oh, like, well, should we move on to the Exeter Yeah. Game? Yeah, well Exeter done Northampton, to be fair. Yeah, extra machine, that. mate. Just the extra machine churning on. Boring, boring. Like, I, I really thought, you know, I watched the first half, and then the moment extra scored a couple of tries, kind of turned off. I was like bored mm-hmm. after that, obviously. But uh, after after the first half, I was I was feeling kind of confident North, Northampton could make a a bit more of a game of it than the final scoreline suggests. Well, so it ended 14, up fourteen ten at half time, right? Yeah, it ended up thirty eight fifteen, which I don't think is re- really reflective of. Northampton's efforts to be honest I think I think obviously Exeter just the kind of team that are going to score tries against you and like yeah they were were boring as boring (laughs) as hell but like they they do just score so in that second half they put on another 24 
24 points. Like, it's That's just so silly. Boring, mate. They literally make so this is their tactic, right? Make a jammy line break with yes, lady. Run through, get tackled five minutes from line, pick and go until you score. Literally, do you see Noel's try? Yeah, it was actually sick. Did you yeah, see, yeah, did you see Henry Slade's break for the try in the first half? Yeah, pretty sick. One um, to watch Henry Slade. He's actually world class. Yes, his, his break and his Slade, step. Slade and Noah are mad. Mm. Slade and Matt. Slade and Noah are sick. But I think, yeah, like Northampton Saints, they went and got, like a few weeks back in the Premiership, they went and got absolutely, like, thrashed by the same, by pr- pretty much the same extra team. Um I think they put like 50 points on them at, and Northampton were at home. So to go away and even, you know, score, score two tries, I mean, it doesn't look great, but I think, I think they'd probably deserve more, yeah. if I'm honest. I mean, if you look I think, at that, I think, team is crap. Like, if you, yeah, but you, you, you've got Dan Bigger Furbank and everyone bigs up Dan Bigger. Furbank is Furbank awful. Furbank is so bad. the worst bad. game. Mate, if you look at the rest of the team, like compare that to any other team in the quarters. Just absolutely no comparison whatsoever. Um, yeah, I think yeah. I think to be to be honest, Laws and Ludlam turned up today. They were too like they were everywhere and everything good the Northampton were doing. It's the same with same with Itoji and Rhodes for Saracens. Like Laws and Ludlam were kind of everywhere for for Northampton today. And so it's kind of like the rest of the team really needs to step up into that role. Like even Dan Bigger, like he kicked all he kicked okay. But at the same time, you know, you can't just kick. You have to create something attackingly. Mm. He didn't properly do that today. And I think also X is obviously notorious for being just solid in defence. So with yeah, Julian, Julian Salvi as their coach, who recently retired, so he knows the ins and outs of it yeah, like 100%. And yeah, they're just boring. All right, guys. So impulse, Exeter to lose. What are we saying? At Sandy Park? Mal, go first. Such a tough one. It's going to be a sick game. Mal, go I first. I want to lose. Actually, no, no, I don't know. I want to see, I want to see Saris versus Exeter final. But I, I, like, I prefer to lose to Exeter just because they're way oh, more entertaining. That would be the most horrendously boring final on the face oh, of the planet. That would be cool. What, Saris, Exeter? Yeah, you've got the two That'd most boring insane. premiership teams. Nah. <laughs> Mate, no, I think it would be good. I think I think oh, I think Exeter are going to take it. I reckon they actually will. Really? The entire yeah. I think against Toulouse. Nah, I think they'll take. They'll beat Toulouse and then have Saris in the final. I think they'll lose to Toulouse. Saris are going to beat Racing. That's still quite a big call. Saris without Farrell still. And I mean, how many big games can their big players? I, I swear think, he's huh? he's got a ban for like five games or something, hasn't he? Yeah, but the, it, the I think the next round's not for like two or three weeks, is it? But will they have played another three, three or four games in that time? Maybe. I don't know. I don't. I don't know, but yeah, I think it's. I think it's going to be uh, if Farrell's in. Saris Saris have more of a chance, but seeing how they played, I think they still have quite a big chances. I think both both semi-finals are very fifty-fifty. I can't really call either of them, but I don't impulse think... impulse for the Saris game says Saracens, and impulse for the extra Toulouse game says Toulouse. Yeah, I don't think Racing were actually like outstanding. Like, I think Saris and Toulouse were really good, and then X, but Extra was is just a machine. I just back Extra. I think I just 
I reckon extra just gonna sweat it out because like... the thing is, Mal. The thing is, like, this is what I, this is what I thought last season, like watching the Champions Cup. With extra, they're so dominant in the Prem, and then as soon as they play a non-English side, it's like, mm. what, what the fuck are you doing? Come on, you're Exeter, you're boring. You score tries, <laughs> you literally jam out wins every time. One, why the hell are you not winning? Which is why I think yeah. like they're so des- they're so desperate to win in Europe. I was reading like a fan forum. And they, like, they, they, they've never got past the quarters before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, we That's actually massive, massive for them. This is the first time like ever. Prem. We just want to win a Euro because would won three. Like, I would still love to see an all English final. Like, that's why I didn't mind when it was Tottenham Liverpool final in the Champions League football because mm. to see, like, you know, at the end of the day, we are English and we like seeing English teams go well. And it does correlate very well for England when English teams play well, whether it's Saracens or Exeter or any other English side. So I think if those teams are playing well and they reach the Champions Cup final, it always makes other international sides think like, oh, geez, English side's setting the bar. And it makes our national side side stronger. So I'm rooting for Exeter and rooting for Saracens, but I think it's going to be Saris to lose in the final. And then from there, I literally can't call it. I I, I don't... I don't want to call it. I don't want to call it because it, I just want to watch it and be excited by it. And what even happens a, if Saris win the final because they're going down to the championship? Because yeah, I swear, if you win it, you are eligible to play. They, they, nah, they're not. Nah. They're not allowed to. You have to play in the top league. Yeah, yeah. Uh, They'll be out, which is insane. Imagine the other the European champions playing the championship. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> Isn't that what happened? Did that happen to like Wigan or something? Am I right in saying that? Probably. Someone weird. Oh, no, they won the FA Cup and then they got demoted or something in football. <laughs> Still playing in something. I don't know, it was weird. Or like they, played in the, they played in the Europa League and were in the Championship. Um, but yeah, no, it's completely... That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I know, because they won the FA Cup and then got relegated. So they played in the Euro- Europa League but were in the Championship. Oh, madness. Yeah. That's but, jokes. But, no. Who do you guys reckon you're... Uh... Man player of the, of the round, weekend. yeah. Player of the round was Teddy. Well, Mal, Mal, why don't you go with yours first? Since you asked the question, and you obviously got someone in mind. <laughs> well, just Maratoje, mate. Like, I just think it's like obviously I wanted Lens to, to win, but <laughs> he was so good. I didn't think yes, he was, he was immense. No, so, Alex, not Alex Good, my favorite player. No, of time. shut up, Max. Yeah. <laughs> he played, he played well, he played well, but um, missed a couple of kicks. Toje it? made zero errors. Ed, you were like, Who's your favorite player of all time? And I said, Alex Good, and you laughed at me, but you, were, you ain't laughing now. I still don't even think Alex Good is that good. I <laughs> no, but Atoje. His try, his try was insane. Why? Yeah, spent that dummy. <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> all right, we could literally talk about this yeah. for hours on end. That that one match because we literally spent about half an hour on that one, and the rest of it we kind of breezed over. But I think that that basically sums up the round of rugby that we've just had. Really looking forward to the semi-finals. It's sure, surely, it's going to be some of the best rounds of rugby we've ever seen. And also looking forward to the final few matches of the Premiership and the semi-finals and finals of that. So lots of good rugby to look forward to. And we'll be trying to talk about, about it as much as possible. So keep following our pages. Obviously, you've seen the new mascot on the Instagram and the <laughs> Facebook page if you've been following closely enough. We'll have a lot more dog-themed content as well as rugby-themed content. So just keep an eye out for that stuff. 
And thank you very much for listening to Much Dober Rugby, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Rugby.